0: Thank you. Welcome to Church of the Palms, both here live in the Campus Center and also those of you who are worshiping at home. We are grateful that you're here. I have some really great news for y'all. The same 32 students and 7 adults who went to Montreat actually returned from Montreat. So, I am no math whiz, but I think that is good math and it was a great time. And I just hope and pray that you can be here on August 8th. When we're going to get to hear the story, wow, the frog jumped in. We're going to get to hear the stories um, from these amazing students and how God moved in their life. And on that day, we will also do a back to school blessing. And you don't want to miss it. It's just one of the best services of the whole year. A couple of quick announcements. Tutoring is going to happen this year. Thank God that we are able to bring those kids into our campus center on Tuesdays and Thursdays. If you're interested in volunteering, I know Linda Evans could always use more volunteers. It's one-on-one tutoring. There is an orientation on August 26th. If you need more information, reach out to Linda. And if you want to register a child, a student that you know for tutoring, you can do that online. And then on August 6th, right here in the Campus Center, some of the alum from Sarasota Young Voices are doing a concert on um, Sincerely songs from the 50s and now. Tickets are free, you just have to get a ticket from the front office and join in on that fun night. And I think, bum, 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 that's all the announcements. So stand up, peace of Christ be with you, and let's greet each other.
1: much more, and knowing that all you have and so for me is good. It's good to taste the day you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. To taste the day you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Don't worry about tomorrow Trust in what you say Today is the day Today is the day I'm putting my fears aside I'm leaving my doubts behind I'm giving my hopes and dreams to you Jesus Reaching my hands to yours Believing there's so much more Knowing that all you have in store for me Is good, It's good Today taste the day you have made I will rejoice and be happy in it Today is the day you have made I will rejoice and be glad in it And I won't worry about tomorrow Trust in what you say Today is the day Today is the day There we go, put your hands together and I will stand upon your truth and I will stand upon your truth in all my days i live for you all my days i live for you and i will stand upon your truth I will stand upon your truth and all my days i live for you all my days I live. Today is the day you have made and I will rejoice and be glad in it Today is the day you have made and I will rejoice and be glad in it And I do not worry about tomorrow Giving you my fears and sorrows Where you lead me I be your name And the land that is plentiful We streams of abundance flow Blessed be your name Blessed be your name When I'm found in the desert place, Though I walk through the wilderness Blessed be your name blessing You pour oh, out, I'll, I'll turn back to faith. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, "Blessed be the name of the Lord." Blessed be Your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be a glorious name. Bless it be your name When the sun is shining down on me When the world is as it should be Blessed be your name Bless it be your name On the road marked with suffering For this pain in me offering Bless it be your name every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will sing. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Oh, let be the name of the Lord let it be your name let be the name of the Lord let be the glorious name Give and take You give and take away You give and take away My heart will choose the same Oh, blessed be Your name. Put your voice is You give and take away. Give and take. You give and take away. My heart will choose. My heart will choose to say, Oh Lord, oh, blessed be Your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be Your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name.
2: Bless the Lord.
1: Whoa. You're rich love And, young, and slow to wake up Your name is great And your heart is kind For all your goodness I will keep on saying Soul will sing your praise and everything. Ten thousand years and then forevermore. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh, my soul. Worship His holy name. Sing like never before Oh my soul I worship your holy name And bless the Lord oh my soul Oh my soul I worship his holy name Sing like never before Oh my soul, I worship your holy name. Lord, I worship your holy name.
0: You may be seated, and I'd like to invite my mic runners to come up here alongside of me. And as they're making their way up, you know we are at that point in our service where we get to worship God with our tithes and our offering. And because of that lovely friend of COVID, we actually can't pass the baskets around. But there are baskets on the table for you to use as you come in or as you leave. And of course, a bunch of ways online. And so we are grateful for your generosity and for the way that you partner with us in loving God and loving neighbor. So I am going to have our mic runners introduce themselves, please. Um, hi, uh, my name is Ava Epstein. Yeah, and Ava, where do you go to school? I go to school at Venice
2: High. And
0: what grade are you going to be in? What grade in? am I
2: going to be in? I'm going to be in 11th grade.
0: Wow. Wow. And well done getting back from Montreat and looking like this. Thank Jeez. you. Good morning. I'm Brock Hudson, and I'm at Cardinal Mooney High School, and I'm going into 10th grade. Nice. And that was your first Montreat experience, right? Yes, it was. How was it? It was great. Great. It was yeah. awesome. So glad these guys are here um, and that you are here and would wonder how we might want to praise God this morning. So if you have a praise report, if you would raise your hand, one of these beautiful teenagers will come out to you and we'll let you share it
2: we all had a beautiful week at Montreat yes, and we, did. we got back safe. And I'm just glad I got to spend the week with these people.
0: Nice. Thanks, Olivia. Amen to that. Wow. Any, yeah.
2: Um, just to pray for my grandpa who's currently in the hospital right now from COVID and has blood clots in his lungs. So they're working on that. So just keep him in your hearts.
0: Kate, is he here in town? No, he's He's in Asheville. Oh, he's in Asheville. Wow. All right, thank you. So we'll be praying for Kate's grandfather and other people that we know who continue to be um, infected and afflicted by COVID. I heard Pastor Steve say in the nine o'clock service, a really strong encouragement for all of us to get vaccinated. And if we're not, to wear those masks, we really just want you to be safe. How else can we be praying this morning, either a praise or a concern?
3: So I'm one of the parents of uh, one of the children that got to go to Montreat and I'm just so thankful to God and uh, to Church of the Palms and to Connor and his wife or everyone involved that was able to make this a reality for our students. And also for number one, their safety, but then secondly, their uh, faith, I hope it was strengthened this week. I know everyone bonded so well. So. know praise God thank you uh, absolutely
0: God was alive and moving it was awesome thank you anything else that we'd like to lift up in prayer today remember that there are prayer cards in the back if there's something personal that you want to have prayed for if you write that down and put it in that jar we will pray for you as well throughout the week well, let's pray together. Gracious and loving God, we are grateful for the way you move in our lives. We're even grateful for the bumps along the way that help bond us, that help us to clarify what is important. And always, Lord, that you are in the midst of all that is good. We lift up people today, Lord, that may be hurting, either physically or emotionally. and We pray for your comfort We pray for your healing, and most of all, Lord, we pray that you use us wherever you can to bring your love into a world that so desperately needs love and kindness and all the good that you do. All this we ask in Jesus' name, amen. It is now um, really my privilege and honor to get to introduce my friend, Sarah Soboleski, who is also a seminary student at Dubuque Seminary and also went to Montre and made it back here alive and well and ready and to preach. And looking like this. <laughs> and looking beautiful <laughs> like this. Um, Sarah's in her last year of seminary and, um, oh my gosh, it's... Uh, just an amazing woman to do ministry with, and I know we will be blessed by her word today.
3: Thank you, Pastor Lori. Very kind words indeed, and uh, yes, Montreat was amazing. We had the privilege um, of listening to a Baptist preacher they had there all week, and he was super dynamic, and he would tell the kids, now write this down, and you're not going to hear that this morning, so you'll just have to, you could just transcribe the whole sermon. Um <laughs> But uh, I will do my best and hope you hear something um, that is of value for you this morning. We are taking a break from the series we're doing right now on the windows on the Word, which has to do with the windows in the chapel. We'll return to that series next week. The texts for this morning are actually from the Revised Common Lectionary, and I selected them as part of an assignment for seminary. So we'll be hearing word from both the Old and the New Testament. Uh, Let us first pray. Lord... Open our hearts and minds that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that the, as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, that we may hear with joy what you have to say to us today. Amen. So first we hear the word of the Lord from a reading from Second Kings, the fourth chapter beginning at the 42nd verse. A man came from Baal Shelisha, bringing food from the first fruits to the man of God, 20 loaves of barley and fresh ears of grain in his sack. Elisha said, give it to the people and let them eat. But his servant said, how can I set this before a hundred people? So he repeated, give it to the people and let them eat. For thus says the Lord, they shall eat and have some left. He set it before them, they ate and had some left according to the word of the Lord. Our second reading is from the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John chapter six, beginning at the first verse. Philip answered, Six months' wages would not buy enough bread for each of them to get even a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they among so many people? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was a great deal of grass in the place, and so they sat down, about 5,000 in all, and then Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were satisfied, he told his disciples, gather up the fragments left over so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, and from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled twelve baskets. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So on a clear day, you can almost see Texas from the cemetery where my dad was buried alongside his mother and father in southeastern Colorado. The land is so flat and so wide that my dad used to joke that you could see all the way till next week. I imagine that it's hot and dry there today and that, as is the case most every day, the wind is blowing. There's simply nothing in its way to stop it. It's a place full of not enough. There's not enough shade, not enough trees, not really enough water to sustain much life. This vast expanse of land that is where Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, and Colorado meet is a place where it is easy to see nothing. When one early explorer first found his way to this section of the Great Plains, he called it a desolate waste of uninhabited solitude. Another wrote, in regard to this extensive section of the country, I do not hesitate in giving the opinion that it is almost wholly uninhabitable by a people dependent on agriculture for subsistence. Nevertheless, this is the corner of the world where my family settled and grew wheat, tended cattle, and raised their families. And it's a land that, by all practical purposes, all measurable standards, is not conducive to any of these pursuits. And in the 1930s, it was the center of the great American Dust Bowl. It was a season of scarcity in a place that was already resistant to supporting human life. Thousands fled to California, many people died, and my grandparents lived through those years, and they were part of the two-thirds of the population that did not leave. And One year of drought led to two, three, four, nearly a decade when nothing would grow, and these next year people who would say, next year it will rain, must have begun to doubt that it would ever rain again. Women went mad trying to keep the dust that could not be stopped from coming into their homes and choking their children, who were effectively suffocated by the dust." During her junior year in high school, my nana, who's named Zelma, buried two of her 20 high school classmates who were effectively suffocated. She wrote in her diary that one of the few times she saw her dad Gideon cry was when, when he was faced with no choice, he sold all of their cattle to the government, who, given the scarcity of resources, then killed every last head. Many thought it was the end of days. To say my grandparents understood scarcity would be an understatement. Scarcity was more reliable than air. Yet despite this, somehow they were people of great abundance. People who believed in Christian hope that next year it would rain, who believed without question that God would provide in this life or the next. They believed that beyond their own circumstances, there was Jesus. And so despite having every reason not to be, they were grateful people who considered themselves blessed. And there's something, I think, to this order of things, the gratitude and then the blessing. When we give thanks not for everything, but in everything, especially in times of scarcity or fear or loss, we acknowledge that the grace of God lies beyond our own understanding and our circumstances. In today's scripture reading, we read that faced with a large crowd of people, Philip and Andrew see that there's not enough. They see with their eyes the number of people, and they know intellectually that what they have is not enough to feed them. But what are they among so many people, Andrew asks. What they see is what they don't have, the resources they lack, and they are paralyzed in their inability to see beyond their own knowledge. And we hear the same sentiment from Elisha's servant. How can I set this before a hundred people? It's this unknowable space beyond human comprehension that got Adam and Eve in so much trouble. They just couldn't accept that the love and provision of God has no end, no limits, that it extends beyond what we can see and what we can know. They just had to know for themselves. In the abundance of the garden, they could only see what they did not have. They wanted more. They wanted the one thing God told them that they could not have. For some, we are now emerging from a season of scarcity. Certainly, we are each walking our own road through the pandemic, but there is no denying, I think, that across the board that most of 2020 and the beginning of 2021 has been a very hard season. Disease, isolation, division, violence. There is, in the air we breathe, a sense of scarcity. There's not enough to share we cannot count on one another, every man for himself. Many have lost loved ones suddenly and too soon. We've been kept from bedsides and asked to grieve in isolation. There is a hint of end of day's fear at the edges of our lives. And the fear, the fear makes it hard to see anything other than that which we lack, that which we've lost until all of our attention and energy is consumed by our fear and our wanting. And we all too often miss what's right in front of us, the love and grace and bounty in what we have. When Jesus takes the bread, the little bread they have, before he distributes it to the people, he gives thanks. We read, then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish as much as they wanted. And when he had given thanks, only after he had given thanks, and the passage continues to tell us that all are fed and then all of the fragments are gathered up, not one scrap of food is taken for granted. There is gratitude too in this example of not wasting, of how we treat what we have been given. My Nana wrote that she was taught early and often to make do, make over, or do without. Hers was not a throwaway away culture. In caring for and showing respect for every gift given, every meal, every resource, every person, we give thanks to God. Novelist Ann Voskamp writes that giving thanks always precedes the miracle. Because what we hear in this passage from John is a miracle. 5,000 people are fed. It's such a miracle that we read of it in all four Gospels that so little feeds so many, How this actually happens has been the subject of much debate. It's not surprising that given how much we value our own ability to know and to understand that it's this aspect of the passage on which we want to focus our attention. How? How could it be? Like Adam and Eve, we want to know. Is it possible that beyond our own knowledge is the love of God and that it can and does do miraculous things all the time should we not then give thanks for what we have been given of course this is harder to do on some days than others it sounds good but right it's just hard some days it's hard to give thanks when you're starving in the dust bowl over 7,000 people men women and especially small children died from dust pneumonia over four million lives around the world have been lost to COVID. It's hard to give thanks when you lose your income, or cancer cuts a life short, or your marriage is falling apart, or your child is sick. It's hard because we cannot imagine the pain or loss not consuming us. We just can't see beyond our own circumstances. And it's hard to give thanks when we know that our gratitude and our prayers don't mean that things are necessarily going to go the way we want them to. I had a season of scarcity a few years ago, my, my dad died and we were very close. Several family members and friends moved away in sort of rapid succession and then I lost my job and with it my career. I could hardly process one loss before another one was upon me. And I was just, I couldn't see past the sadness and the fear. In, le- in such times we're left to wonder where do I even begin? How do I come back from this? In such seasons, we can feel cut off from God's abundant love. And Voskamp writes that all fear, all fear is but the notion that God's love ends. But there is good news. There always is. God would not, will not leave us in such a state. He will not leave us in our fear. His word is a light to my path, a lamp to my feet. We can look to Jesus for guidance. When Jesus was facing scarcity, He gave thanks. Jesus, when facing desertion, betrayal, suffering, and death, he gave thanks in everything he gave thanks. Not for everything, and this is an important distinction, I think, not for everything, but in everything. We begin by giving thanks in everything, and when we are struggling with where to start, with how to begin, we start small, Voskamp, whose older sister died in an accident when they were little, struggles with how to give thanks in everything. (laughs) So how to give thanks in even the darkest of times. So in confronting her fear that the love of God ends, she challenges herself to count 1,000 gifts. She knew gratitude was something that she would have to learn, something that she had to be intentional about, and she started with the small things she might have otherwise missed if she wasn't looking. Because understandably, it was hard for her to see anything other than the death of her sister, her sister's absence from the world, and the devastation it wrought on her family. And she's, of course, not grateful that her sister died, but she learns to give thanks in what remains and what lies before her. And what she finds is that in paying attention to the details of her life, the ordinary moments is that it's clear that God's love and mercy is absolutely everywhere. Her list begins, morning shadows across the old floors, jam piled high on toast, the cry of the blue jay high in the spruce, the leafy scent of the florist shop. She writes, do not disdain the small, the whole of life, even the hard, is made up of a Of their minute parts, and if I miss the infinitesimals, I miss the whole. Gratitude, this daily and constant practice of giving thanks, can restore in us a faith that God lies beyond our own circumstances, beyond our own resources. In counting gifts, we can see that beyond scarcity is Jesus. It turns out that my Nana kept just such a list, a list of gifts, She counted as gifts Baca County's beautiful sunsets, rainbows, the smell of fresh-baked bread, iced tea on a hot day, reading a good book, the sound of rain on the windowpane, a clean house, a forgiving God, and a good night's sleep. So we begin by listing gifts, and the gratitude, the gratitude it does something to us. When we learn to give thanks, to count gifts, The world is transformed and we no longer see human scarcity but the abundant love and grace of a God who is with us. A God who is for us. I'm not grateful my dad died but I am grateful I had him. I'm not grateful for those people moving away but I'm grateful for the people who stepped into the spaces, the margin that they're moving created in my life. God has worked through the most devastating losses of my life. And from the ashes of that season a few years ago, new friends, more compassion, and a sense of call that led me, for good or bad, <laughs> to where I am today. In our second reading, we hear of the fourth of the miracles of Elisha, which helped to establish Elisha as Elijah's legitimate successor. Just a few verses before today's reading, we learn that there's a famine in the land, so this too is a time of great hunger. An unnamed man gives to God, gives thanks to God with his offering of the first fruits of his harvest. So this is the first and the best of what he has labored to produce in a season of scarcity. In making this offering, he's trusting in God's love and providence that lies beyond what he can see, what he can know. He's trusting that there'll be enough for his family. And miraculously it feeds a hundred people. How does this happen? Well, to debate this issue is perhaps to miss the point. It feeds a hundred people because God's word is true, even in the hardest times. God's word is grounded in God's love. And God's love is so big and so wide and so deep that it surpasses human knowledge. It surpasses circumstance. Gratitude always precedes the miracle. And the miracle is this, that in Christ God is with us. On his way to the cross, Jesus gathers with the disciples, and there he gives thanks, and he breaks bread. Jesus assures them that though they will feel sorrow, and they will weep, and they will mourn and have pain, but he promises, I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and your joy will be complete, and no one will take your joy from you. Beyond what we know is Jesus Beyond our circumstances is the love of God, and the path to reconnect with what we cannot understand has been laid before our feet. We give thanks, we start small, we list what we see. In times and on days when we fear that there isn't enough, that we aren't enough, we can learn to see with new eyes, to list the gifts of each day. What gifts do I see? A cool sanctuary on a hot day. Students who I love so much and am so grateful for, the smile of a friend, voices lifted up in song. What gifts do you see? How might we become a people grateful in everything? People who say, as we have been taught, Father, give us this day our daily bread. And people who then give thanks for what we have been given, for this manna, for these miracles in our midst. Let us pray. Thank you, Father, for the gifts you shower on us every day. Help us to give us eyes to see what is and not what is not, and to count ourselves as blessed. We pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Please stand. Greatest day in history. Death is beating, you have rescued me. Sing it out, Jesus is alive. The empty cross, the empty grave. Life eternal, you have won the day. Shout it out, Jesus is alive. on out, He's alive. Happy day, happy day, you wash my sin away, oh, happy day,
2: happy day, I'll never be the same,
1: forever I am changed. And I stand in that place, free of that meeting face to face. I'm yours, Jesus, you are mine. In this short, perfect peace, every pain finally will cease. Celebrate, Jesus is alive. He's alive. You washed my sin away Oh, happy day, happy day I'll never be the same Forever I am changed Oh, what a glorious day What a glorious way that you have saved me Oh, what a glorious day, what a glorious name I'll never be the same Forever I have changed Oh, Oh, happy day, happy day You washed my sin away Oh, happy day, happy day I'll never be the same Oh, happy day, happy day You washed my sin away Oh, happy day, happy day I'll never be the same
2: Forever I am changed
3: Oh, happy day indeed. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face to you and give you his peace. And all God's children said, Amen.